Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey, hey, hey. I am so happy to be with you. Thank you for joining with me. Oh, what an amazing time we're living in. I'm so grateful that we get to share it together. Yay! (laughs) Yes, we always start with a blessing and a prayer. How good is that? Yes. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and so thankful that infinite love, divine intelligence is all that there is and all that we are. I'm so grateful that this is so. Taking this breath of love and gratitude, we place our hand on our heart in order to remember that our true identity is perfect love, absolute love. Yes, we partner up. Holy Spirit Self. Unprecedented and certainly not bound by time and space. We're grateful and thankful to give our whole heart and mind to the Holy Spirit, to our awakening, to accepting the atonement ourselves. We are blessed and we are a blessing. So grateful that this is so. We joyfully allow it to be. We let it be. And yeah. So I'm, uh, I've been on the move for a while now. Uh, I had thought that I would be at the World Congress on Illumination with Patricia Cota Robles this week. I was very much looking forward to that and some other opportunities to be of service in my family, in my community came up. So I decided to put family first and I'm very happy that I did, of course. And so I'm actually in California unexpectedly and with And so I learned, I always learned so much when I have extended time with my family. So we just had 10 people in a house with a dog and our summer family time. My father and mother built a home, uh, an island off the coast of Maine. And so that has uh, been our summer vacation for many years. And uh, we all get together as a family. And it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a very interesting experience. <laughs> and we've learned that it's really, really lovely, so lovely to be together. We're grateful for that. Oh, yes, very, very grateful. Mm-hmm. And... So, uh, let's see here. This week, 
I love this topic the Holy Spirit gave me. It's called Time and Space. And I think what came through for me is that that's great, Jeff. <laughs> My engineer is communicating with me. It's hard for me to hear the word of God and hear the word of my engineer at the same time. So, you know, this is the thing about Jeff, I'm in. And uh, Okay. Okay. Um, Time and space management is so interesting to me because when I was in ministerial school, I had so many issues with time. I was working full time. And I was a full-time student, and so time and time, <laughs> working full-time, full-time student. You can see there, there's a lot of time usage. And I got into this mindset that there wasn't enough time. And I used to say to my ministerial colleagues that I... I felt like I was running in front of a train of 10,000 things that needed to be done. And it was oppressive. It was really difficult, very, very challenging. And so I was bothered by it a lot. It created a lot of agitation for me. And uh, I often felt that I was failing, not doing things good enough. I often felt that I couldn't succeed. I could never do things well enough, no matter how hard I tried. And that was intensely difficult for me. It just became this burden. Time became such a burden. And similarly, I've had times in my life where just space, don't have enough space for my things, don't have enough space for my aura, even my just my myself. Like I need some space. I need a time out. Uh, I've had all these experiences, and we've all had them many, many times in our life, have we not? So it's all mindset. That's what I learned. So when I was in ministerial school, I found the cure because I was praying to find the cure. I was praying to open my mind to have a realization of the truth in order to liberate myself from the false belief, the false idea that was making my experience so painful. And I got it. One day, I had a realization in my spiritual practice that, oh my God, here I am feeling so burdened by time. That doesn't even make any sense. It's illogical because... 
I am eternal. I am an eternal being. I am not bound by time. It's not possible to bind me by time. I'm an infinite, eternal being, and so is everyone else. So the ego thought, you know, these things have to be accomplished in order for me to get some kind of seal of approval or feel good about myself or feel validated, feel worthy, feel accomplished, successful, right, good, true, you know, all these things that the ego is constantly striving for all the time. Simultaneously, of course, the ego is constantly striving to make us feel inadequate, wrong, failing, missing the mark. So it's uh, that catch-22. If you're identified with the ego and you're really listening to the ego and following the ego, you don't ever escape that catch-22, ever. That escape does not come. So, for me, that realization that I'm an eternal, infinite being, it was life-changing. having some technical difficulties this morning, but we're working on it. I am talking about time and space management and that when I was in ministerial school, I realized that I had bought into this idea that I was bound by time and space. 
And then in order for me to liberate my mind, I must no longer agree to that. Now I must recognize I am infinite. I am unbounded. I am unlimited. Time is not real. Space is not real. I am real. Eternity is real. And so I began to really work with that as part of my spiritual practice. So I was here in my mind, I don't have enough time. There's not enough. Those thoughts of limitation, those thoughts of lack. And when those thoughts came into my awareness, what I would do is I would say, it's not true. It's not possible for these thoughts to be true. I am spirit, perfect, whole, and free. I am eternal, and I am infinite, and I will always be infinite and eternal. That is the changeless nature of my being. And so this is the nature of spiritual practice. This is why I say all the time that you can study and study and study, and you can think you know the truth. But if you don't live in accordance with it, then you don't really know it. You don't. Because like, if you know the way to your house, but you uh, took a different route and you ended up somewhere else, wouldn't you say, I guess I don't know where I live. I think I know where I live because I know the address, but I don't know how to get there because I'm not arriving there. So this is how it is for many spiritual students. They say, oh, I know what the laws of cause and effect are. I know that time and space are an illusion. But if you find yourself feeling irritated and limited that there's not enough time, then could it actually possibly be true that you know that you are an eternal being and time and space are illusion? So there's this difference between having read something and understood it intellectually versus having it as an active practice of how you live your life. So all my classes, this radio show, everything is not on speakerphone. Not on speakerphone. <laughs> I can hold it further away, Jeff. How's <laughs> that? Um, okay. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit tricky here on the technology front. Um, let's see where I was. Just give me a moment. Hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. So if we're not living it, if we're not applying it, then we don't really know it. And that was a big and wonderful realization for me. It was a life-changing realization for me. Because once I realized that that was so, then I could actually say, all right, I'm going to make it my business to stop thinking about these teachings in an intellectual way and really take them into my heart and live them fully to the very best of my ability. That's what I'm doing. So that is the thing that made all the difference in my life. And that's why what I teach in my classes, if you really get into class with me, this is what we work on. We work on the day-to-day 
Continue the mind, continue the heart, eliminating the false thinking. And it is so amazing the miraculous and healing when people actually do it. And that's the thing, is so many people would just rather study it. That's what the ego would rather have you do study it. Never get it right than to actually apply it. So one of the things that many spiritual students know is, and this is something I lived with for years and years and years, tremendous resistance to actually live the teaching and live the practice. I would settle for studying it a lot. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm going to suggest to uh, my engineer that we take a break and come back and uh, get these technology issues fixed up, and uh, we'll come back. So, I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Life is so good. Life is so good. We're... Working out the technology stuff here, I was just saying to my engineer, Jeff, who's been doing this radio show with me for years, uh, this is episode number 201, and so we've had, because I travel all over the world, because technology is undependable, uh, that, uh, you know, I'm just used to having to make adjustments, and yeah, that's life. We, we roll with it. It uh, It's like in yoga. So one of the great benefits of having a yoga practice is you're in these yoga postures, and uh, especially if you're new to yoga, you're holding these postures that are difficult. And it's challenging. It's challenging to the physical body to hold the posture. It's challenging to the mind to stand still and breathe or whatever the posture is. And um, sometimes the muscles, they have the strength to keep holding it, but they're not used to it. something different, something new. And what happens is your nervous system starts to freak out. Your nervous system starts to go, I don't want to hold this posture. I don't want to do this. Maybe I'm going to injure myself. Maybe I, I'm going to get stuck here. Uh, I don't like this. I, I, I want to be free from this. I don't want to have to do this. This is intense. And even, even if you're just holding that posture for three breaths, the nervous system engages and it's like, I want out of here. It's like the fight or flight mechanism gets kicked in. And what happens as you continue to breathe and hold the posture, your whole beingness notices that you're not dying, your legs and arms aren't breaking, that you can actually do it a little bit longer, a little bit longer, another breath. 
And while it might be, you know, there's the pain of um, just holding something, you know, like hold. if you were to hold your arms up for five minutes, your arms will start to hurt. But they're not, probably, for most people, they're not going to become damaged by it. But it's a strain, and you're going to want to put your arms down. You're going to want to stop. You know, and back in the day, the time of Buddha, some of the ascetics, they would do things like that. They would hold their arm. There's probably people who still do this. They hold their arm up in the air until it freezes in that position. And it's, you know, obviously tremendous mind control to be able to do that. These are the kinds of things that Buddha experimented with in his extreme life. So he went from enjoying all the pleasures that of his wealth and his being a prince, and he enjoyed all the pleasures of the world, all the physical five senses pleasures. And then he realized it didn't make him happy. So he went to the other extreme, to the point of eating one grain of rice a day, to the point of sitting under the Bodhi tree without moving in the Vipassana meditation posture. And after the extreme of sitting under the Bodhi tree, he realized these two extremes, all the you know pleasure that I can enjoy and then all the uh, renunciation of the world, it's neither one is the way, it's the middle way. So, I don't know how I got down that road. Oh, n- nervous system. So, with the yoga class, you're training your nervous system. It's okay. I'm not going to die. And that's why yoga, physical yoga po- postures are a preparation for meditation, and they are a kind of moving meditation. I'm someone, I really like moving meditation. It really helps me to just quiet my mind and be in touch with my breath and to be in that very quiet space. I love it. So if if you find that you are a person who is very nervous, very anxious, uh, your nervous system is constantly getting jolted, you've got adrenal burnout and things like that, you might find that a yoga practice is really helpful, especially one that has longer holds in the poses where your nervous system gets that opportunity to practice. Okay, I'm observing. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's not going to kill me. My mind wants to escape. I want to get out of here. I don't want to do this. But I can do it. And I am willing to do it. And I am doing it. And so what happens then is your nervous system gets retrained along, of course, because of your mind. Because all healing is at the level of the mind. And so people whose nervous system is trained to react and to freak out and say, I don't like this and I'm upset. I can't stand this, this bothers me, I'm irritated, I'm frustrated. People who have that way of walking in the world, if they start a yoga practice, uh, it can be, especially like I say, the one with the longer holds on the poses where it's challenging to the mind more than to the body, then your nervous system uh, will start to recognize that, that what it learned in yoga, it can apply in relationship. So when the fight-or-flight mechanism gets kicked in when you're at work or in your family, you realize, 
Oh, just like in yoga, when I wanted to break the posture, get out of there, I can do this. I can go into my breath. I can notice how I'm feeling. It's a wonderful way to help ourselves. Anyway, so I I used to do yoga five times a week, and so that's how I know all that. (laughs) That's my experience of it. So time and space management. So what I was guided to was Lesson 158, which is, Today I Learn to Give as I Receive. Lesson 158. And if you um, look at that, I love it. It's, It's saying here, look at what's been given you. Here's what's been given you. The knowledge that you are a mind in the mind and purely mind, sinless forever, wholly unafraid, completely unafraid, because you were created out of love. Nor have you left your source, remaining as you were created. So, remaining as perfect love. This was given you as knowledge, which you cannot lose. It's not information. It's knowledge. It's embedded in your awareness. It's in your heart. It's in that mind within the mind. And it was given as well to every living thing. For by that knowledge only does it live. So this is the knowledge by which we live. That we are a mind in mind and purely mind, sinless forever, wholly unafraid because we were created out of love. So, I had a conversation with my goddaughter last week, and she said to me, as we were driving in the car, sometimes I feel like life is just a dream. (laughs) And I said, you know what, honey? I believe it is a dream. I do believe it's a dream. And you know what I believe? I believe that where we really are is we're in heaven dreaming that we're having this experience together. And no matter how intense this experience feels, we're still in heaven dreaming about it. And in heaven, everything is perfect. We're perfect. We have no problems. I said, that's what I believed is our our life. And she, she was thinking about that. She's eight years old, and she was like, mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. And I remember at about seven years old, I was having a conversation with my nephew. We were watching a wonderful animated feature called The Book of Kells, about the Book of Kells, which you can go and visit at Trinity College in Dublin. I had gone to see it, and I learned that there was this wonderful animated feature. It's a story. It's made-up story about the monks who made the Book of Kells. I'm not going to go into all of that, but Kells is K-E-L-L-S, and you can get the DVD from Netflix. (laughs) So that's what we did. We watched it. And in this story, uh, one of the monks dies, and the other monks are very sad because they... He was the abbess, and uh, they looked at Ab- Abbot, and he lo- they looked up to him. And my nephew said, why are they so upset that the monk died? And I said, well, because they love him very much. They're going to miss him. And Mikey looked at me, and he's like, 
but why are they so sad? He's just going back to the light. I think it's interesting what people have to say. And he's been raised Catholic, so uh, there is this knowledge which we cannot lose. It was given as well to every living thing, for by that knowledge only does it live. Do we live? Yes. So what it says then is all this cannot be learned. We can't learn this stuff. What then are you to learn to give today? So remember lesson 158. Today I learned to give as I receive. So what are you going to learn to give today? And it says here, experience cannot be shared directly in the way that vision can. So vision is shared directly with us from the Holy Spirit, from the Creator, from Jesus. The revelation that the Father and the Son are one will come in time, so it will be part of our time experience, to every mind. Yet, is that time determined by the mind itself not taught? So we determine the time or the point in our life when the revelation that the Father and the Son are one will come into our mind. How do we determine that? By every choice that we make. So if I choose to, like for instance, with the technology issues today, okay, if I start thinking, oh, this is bad, this is wrong, this shouldn't be happening, if I start thinking, oh, this is terrible, this is never going to work, we should just give up and play uh, an old episode or something like that. If I go into that, wouldn't I actually be thinking in my mind that I am not fully supported in the love of God right now? Instead of feeling fully supported by the love of God right now, I would be looking for ego solutions to get myself out of this pressure. This experience. Where does the pressure come from? The pressure comes from thinking that this should not be. This is bad and this is wrong. These thoughts, these judgments, these opinions, these criticisms, all that negative thinking keeps us bound in time and space. Because it keeps us feeling and thinking that we are trapped here. Because all the judgments, all the opinions, all the criticisms, they're all reinforcing the belief in lack and limitation and separation. So everything that happens, you spill the tea on your computer. I did that recently. Actually, I was drinking some iced espresso and it dripped on my computer. And um, <laughs> I once had to um, get a new computer because I spilled tea on my computer. And so when it dripped, the immediate thing that happened to my computer is it went out like a light. And I just thought, my, my thought was, sweet Jesus. <laughs> sweet Jesus. Ay, ay, ay. And so I just said, really, in my mind, I just said, well, if that's the way it's supposed to be, that's the way it's supposed to be. This is this can only work together for my good. Of course, I wiped it off, 
what else did I do? I think I just let it be for a while. I just, I'm just going to walk away and be in peace, be in harmony, and know that no matter what happens, I am 100% divinely supported, carried, led, nourished, and nurtured. So whatever transpires with my computer, even though I'm on an island in Hawaii, there's no Apple store here, blah, blah, blah. I've got all kinds of classes to teach this week. And I would be without a computer. It's not what I'm interested in having as an experience. So I just said, don't need to plan for experiences I do not wish to have. If The only reason I would plan for experiences I do not wish to have, contingency plans, in case things go the way I do not wish they would go, would be as if I felt unsupported and felt stuck in time and space. So you see, this is why if I could only share, I think with my whole ministry, if I could only share one thought, it would be do not entertain the judgment that you are, let's see, don't entertain the judgment maybe it's just that don't entertain the judgment just don't you know get out of your head and into your heart and release all the judgments that's it that's why I can't think of anything else that's it don't entertain it don't don't pour it a cup of coffee yes Oh, my goodness. So it tells us that the time for our recognition, the time is an illusion, is set already. It's already set. And that's what we're going to talk about. We come back from this break. Ah, God is so good. Thanks for hanging out with me. My name is Jennifer Hadley. If you're new to the show, we're talking about A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. When you truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zender every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. 
with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk. Hey, 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 we're back. And if you enjoy listening to this radio show, there are two ways that you can support the show. Uh, one is to go to powerofloveministry.net and make a contribution. Power of Love Ministry pays for the radio show and along with Unity, and we co-sponsor it together. So you can make a tax-deductible contribution if you so like. And uh, another way is to simply, wherever you get the podcast from, to write a review so that more people will find it and know about it. Of course, you can always tell people about it. And I thank you for that. I love doing this radio show. 201 episodes. (laughs) And uh, so I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about time and space management in uh, lesson 158 here in the workbook it says now this this is something that is so helpful to get and yet i i noticed that many course of miracle students don't seem to go to this awareness they kind of gloss over it and it's it's a real leap to do this in your mind but it is so healing that's why it's in the workbook, it's all throughout, it's core teaching of A Course in Miracles. So, the time for the revelation that the Father and the Son are one has already been set. So, the time that you will have that revelation has already been set. It appears to be quite arbitrary, yet there is no step along the road that anyone takes by chance. It has already been taken by him, although he has not embarked upon it. Okay, so what it's saying is there's not one step, not, nothing you make, uh, well, not one step you take that's by chance. You've already taken all the steps that you will ever take, although you've not embarked on the journey yet. What? Seems like a riddle, a paradox, doesn't it? It says here, for time but seems to go in one direction. It seems like time is linear, moving forward. However, we are undertaking a journey that is over. It's already over. Yet, it seems to have a future still unknown to us. So what we're actually doing is we're reviewing. We're reviewing a journey that we've already made in our minds. Paragraph 4, Lesson 158, time is a trick, a sleight of hand, a vast illusion in which figures come and go as if by magic. Yet, there is a plan behind appearances that does not change. The script is written. When experience will come to end, your doubting has been set. When experience will come to end your doubting has been set. When your experience 
will come to end your doubting. That when has already been set. Sometimes you have to say these sentences a number of times to really get what he's telling us here. For we but see the journey from the point at which it ended, looking back on it, imagining we make it once again, reviewing mentally what has gone by. So one of the things to be aware of is, since time doesn't exist, the sense of past, future, and present are actually, it's all happening now. There is only now. Everything else is an illusion. Only now exists. And so how does now exist? It exists in where you place your attention. Hmm. So we are learning to accept this in our mind. And how do we do that? Well, I can just tell you what I did. For me, it really works. This is part of my daily, moment-by-moment spiritual practice, is I simply say things like, you know what? I'd, I'd like to understand this. I'd like to know that this is so. And we'll, we'll, I'll go into this more next week. I already got that that's, that's something to spend. This is something to really uh, dive into. feels wonderful. So we're doing this really life-changing mental work. And it requires our consistent attention. And in the Manual for Teachers, in the characteristics of God's teachers, the number one is trust. So I tell people that, for me, one of the most valuable sections in the whole Big Blue Book is that section, Development of Trust, in Chapter 4 in the Manual for Teachers. And um, so the first characteristic of the teachers of God is trust. Placing your trust and faith in the invisible, which is a moment-by-moment practice. No question about that. Then, the second characteristic of the teachers of God is honesty. And what honesty really is, is that consistency. That's what honesty is, is being consistent in choosing God, in choosing love, in choosing compassion. And in, uh, uh, I want to go back to time and space here for a minute. <laughs> so, chapter 1, section 2, paragraph 6, which is my page 8. The miracle minimizes the need for time. So this is why a couple of weeks ago I did a, a radio show on miracle-mindedness. I always love how the Holy Spirit just guides me and guides me and just trusting whatever the topic is that comes in is perfect. So the miracle minimizes the need for time. In the longitudinal or horizontal plane, the recognition of the equality of the members of the sonship appears to involve almost endless time. So if you think about, we can have a horizontal experience or a vertical experience. Horizontal is that illusion of linear time. So it's telling us here that we have endless time to recognize the oneness of all life. The equality of members of the sonship. That's the oneness of all life. So we have endless amount of time. 
whatever it takes is what it takes and until we're willing to recognize the unity of all life. Now we can get into miracle mindedness and that's a vertical thinking. So that's where our mind is open for revelations of truth. And it's so much easier to live a life that's open for revelations of truth. That when the mind is open for revelations of truth, then we, and this is another thing that I was talking about, uh, last month in the radio show. Stop trying to figure everything out. Maybe it was in June. Stop trying to figure, it was in June. Stop trying to figure everything out. It's laboring in vain. You are entitled to miracles. You are able to open your mind to revelations of truth. When you know the truth about something, you don't have to try to figure it out or understand it. It's clear. It comes in clear. And it's right there. There's no wondering. There's no worrying. It's the truth that sets us free. So that's the vertical thinking that is referred to in A Course in Miracles. So it says here, the miracle entails a sudden shift from horizontal to vertical perception. This introduces an interval from which the giver and receiver both emerge farther along in time than they would otherwise have been. So this is how you make a quantum leap in your script and you skip over learning things the old-fashioned way with drudgery in time and space with the intellect by pushing things around, moving things around, sending emails, reading books, um all the ways that we labor and labor and labor. The way to transcend all that, make that quantum leap and uh, just move further along in time is to open the mind, which you can't do if you're judging, judging, judging because judgments and opinions block revelation. They block miracle-mindedness. So you can see how the only way that we can really liberate ourselves and free ourselves and our brothers and sisters is to put real attention on a moment-by-moment basis on the loving choices, the judgmental choices, the ones that are helpful and the ones that are not. This is our divine opportunity in every minute. And the more we choose love, the more we transcend the limitations that seem to be part of our time and space experience. It is recognizing that we are a mind within a mind. And being willing is the key. I am willing today to let the Holy Spirit decide for me. Decide for me what lessons I'll learn. Decide for me. How to recognize the loving choices. I am willing, I am willing, I am willing, I am willing. I am here only to be truly helpful. Being truly helpful is being willing. So simple. And yet we forget and we forget because we're choosing ego identification. Instead, we like to be right. We like to make others wrong. We like to feel bad, etc., etc. So we're breaking those habits and patterns in our mind through a consistent spiritual practice, moment to moment. Walk in the talk and live in the love. 
Yes. If you would like to get into class with me, some of the best options are Finding Freedom and my Masterful Living class. You can learn about those, plus get a bunch of free classes at jenniferhadley.com. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and so thankful that love is all that there is and love is all that we are and the journey has already been taken. We're mentally reviewing it and we're placing our attention on love, joy, freedom, happiness, and we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Have a great rest of your week.